be a dog eat dog world out there when you're in business for yourself, a small business or an entrepreneur? Are you wondering how to stand out from your competition? How to build credibility with your audience and even increase your bottom line? Today's guest is gonna enlighten you on how you can create a noteworthy brand and a website. Lydia Grossoff is a branding innovator with 20 plus years of experience and a passion for creating bold and impactful designs that position her clients as leaders in their fields. She has been in the design web, let me start that over. She has been in the design web and digital strategy, strategy trenches since 1995, working with corporations, retail packaging, pharmaceutical and healthcare organizations, magazines, direct mail agencies, small businesses, and entrepreneurs alike. Today, she consults on brand, website, and digital strategy, leads all design projects, and specializes in print and digital design. She also leads training sessions and speaks at both virtual and live events. Lydia is the owner of Espresso Design. You guys, this episode has so much value. You are going to love it. Whether you have an existing brand, whether you are starting from scratch, moving into your second phase, or whether you are thinking about rebranding and giving your business a new look completely. This episode is for you. Enjoy it. Hello friends. Welcome to the second phase podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you're here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build the business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Lydia Grossoff, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Hi, Robin. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining me today. I am excited to share your expertise on branding and website design with my listeners. I think that it's those are things that everyone needs in order to succeed. So this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, would you please? Oh, a little bit about myself. So um, I'm Lydia Grossov, uh, owner and founder of Expresso Design. Uh, Expresso Design is a, a small boutique design firm. We, you know, we design uh, logos and branding and uh, any marketing collateral and websites. I'm also a creative by nature. <laughs> we have that in common. Um, so Lydia, um, when you talk about branding, what exactly are you speaking of? 
Well, I'm, I'm talking about everything that involves um, your company, your company brand, uh, your uh, how clients and, and customers and your readership or whoever your, your target audience is, how they view you. Um, that's kind of the whole scope of branding. Branding isn't just a logo or just one particular thing. It's, um, it's uh, an agglomeration of things that make your brand and make you you and how people see you. Mm -hmm. It's that differentiation as well as giving a perception of who you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a perception of who you are, of your values, or whatever it is that you want to transmit to, to your target audience. Yeah, I agree. And that's, you know, of course, in my wheelhouse. So that's that messaging is very um, congruent with what I say. And I think it's important for people to realize that differentiation. That's really the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what makes you, you, what makes you special? Um, how are you different than your competition? Yeah. So, okay, Lydia, how, tell us a little bit about your first phase and how you ventured into your second phase of owning your own business, being an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've always been a creative, a designer, graphic designer, um, since, uh, college, since my college days. So that has not changed throughout uh, phase one or phase two, but I always worked, um, phase one, I always worked in-house in, in some corporate, um, some corporate office or a corporate company. Uh, I started out in phase one, right out of college. I started working at a publication. I worked at a car magazine. It was a big publishing company. They had magazines um, or publications for everything. And I worked at a car magazine. And from there, I went on to working for, I guess it was, that was less corporate -y, but a little bit of agency work, a direct mail company. Um, and after that, I went back into corporate and I was a, uh, the art director at a packaging company. So we did um, a lot of retail packaging, boxes, bags, you name it. Uh, I did all the corporate collateral for the company, all the catalogs. Um, and from then, from there, I moved on to uh, being creative director at a small pharmaceutical company. And I was there for about 12 years. Again, did everything from logos to marketing collateral, sales pieces, websites, everything that the company needed. And I built my business on the side while I was um, creative director at this pharma company. And unfortunately, the company took a lot of turns and one of them led to the company being sold and most of the employees being laid off and I was one of them. So I was kind of launched into my second phase. But it's nice that you had been building this on the side. And I think it's one of those things that if you have a skill or a talent, you have an opportunity to do that and set yourself up for a concrete future, a solid future versus having to wonder, especially if you're in a volatile industry, whether or not you're going to have a job someday and what you can do with the skills that you have. So I think that's awesome that you had established that foundation before you were literally forced into 
yeah. doing that on your own. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, when I when I started my business, it just started out with little things as um, and it really was an association with my full time job where people would see my work and ask who had done that particular sales piece or design that particular um, promotional piece. And that's how I would end up getting uh, getting my side jobs. And I just saw it at the time, I just viewed it as this is extra money, this is vacation money, this is my raise that I'm giving myself. So I made it a little game, like this is my raise, I'm giving myself a raise. Uh, and I hadn't really seen it as a full-time thing, um, uh, but it was, it was gratifying enough, it, it brought, a little bit of creativity into the mix because there were different projects that I got to work on. Uh, working in corporate, while there's a lot of consistency and I love the team environment and I love knowing a product or a brand, I, I love really knowing every little nook and cranny of it and, mm -hmm. and working on it for years. Doing the client work on the side brought variety to my work. So it kept me, it kept me creative. It kept me motivated because I had that variety. So I didn't really plan it as being a business, a full-time business one day, but I saw the value in that, that it was a safety net and, so it, and it turned out very well in that aspect. When you started your business full-time then, what are some of the steps you had to take? to go from having a side gig basically to a full-time entrepreneurship? Yeah, <laughs> there were so many steps I had to take. It was, it was um, actually in terms of client work, I already had a good uh, client base established, a very minimal one because you, know, you can't have a full-time job and, and have a full-time business on the side. But, um, so I, I had that already down and, and I already had some clients and I already had some consistent work coming in in that aspect, but I had never developed the actual business part of my business. So I had never really broken out my processes very well. Uh, I, I didn't have anything documented. I didn't have um, my accounting. Uh, I did have my accounting set up, but I didn't have a serious workflow for my accounting because mm -hmm. there really wasn't that much volume that required that. Um, I didn't have a CRM in place. I, I just didn't have things that basic, the basics for small businesses because it, I just wasn't investing time in that. I was just doing the client work. Um, I was invoicing them. I was keeping my accounting, um, you know, to a T, but I wasn't, I didn't have, the infrastructure for having that business uh, full time. And I'm guessing you had to brand yourself. I did. And so I already had a website and I already had a logo. I already had my business name. I was, um, I was already an LLC for uh, a number of years. But um, at that point, I actually rebranded myself. I redesigned my logo. I redesigned the, my whole website. I redesigned my whole look. So yes, I did have to, I rebranded myself. Yeah. And with that, you, you had a website, but I would imagine with the rebranding, then you had to go in and do so many, um, take care of intricacies 
then oh. to to shift for your SEO and and all of that. Absolutely. And and all the other nuances, right? Your social media and mm -hmm. um, your mailing list. I had to just revamp everything. It was a lot of work. And yeah. then trying to get more client work on top of that. Um, so it was doing the business development and the sales and um, building out the branding part of my business. It was a lot of work in the beginning. So what, what is one thing that you did that you could recommend to someone who is in this situation where they're going from phase one to phase two, they're basically starting over. How did you go about attracting clients? I mean, your brand was established, you, you rebranded. So you, you had that in terms of a visibility opportunity, but how did you go about bringing people into your business, attracting new clients. Right. So the first thing I think you have to do is just know your audience. And it may be by niching yourself, you can't come out there and say, well, I'm a graphic designer and I design anything for anyone because there are a million graphic designers that design anything and everything for anyone and everyone. Um, and, and technically, I, I still do that. I still work with, um, you know, all sorts of businesses. But I really, I, I, the first thing I did really was niche myself. I knew who my target audience was immediately because I worked in pharma, uh, in house and pharma for so long. A lot of my side business, um, prim my primary client base was healthcare and pharma. And I worked, I know them very well. I worked with them very well. They are comfortable working with me. So I, I knew straight off the bat that those were my clients. And so that's the one, the first thing that I, that I established. And whenever anybody asked me what I did, I would come out and say, I'm you know, graphic designer, web designer. I work primarily with small to medium sized healthcare and pharma companies. And I think, um, you know, going out into the world and trying to promote my business, I did a lot of, I did a lot of networking in local circles and I found that my core client base wasn't there, but I was still spreading my message and anybody that I met, I would introduce myself and I'd say, I primarily work with healthcare and pharma clients. And that really stuck in, mm -hmm. in that repetition. And even though my core client base wasn't there, wasn't present in, in those spots, it turns out that somebody always knows somebody that works in that um, industry. In that, yeah, in that industry. So I, it took a while and as for any business and, and any, um, when you start networking and start promoting your business, it's gonna take you a while to, to find the right people and find your people. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have that, clear vision of who your core client base is and what you do in your business and that you're clear in um, communicating that with people even if those people aren't in the industry that you're that you're looking to work with as long as you're consistent with that message and this here's the thing consistency right mm -hmm. branding is about consistency um, yeah. as long as you're consistent with that message you'll end up connecting with the right people so you emphasized three key things there. And I talk about my five C's of personal branding, which are clarity, cohesiveness, consistency, content, and community. And you touched on really all five of them in what you were saying, but that clarity is such an important 
component because if you're not clear on who your audience is, there's no way you're going to be able to reach them. And right. then being consistent, letting your message be consistent across all of your platforms, whether it's in-person networking, your website or online networking, that's so important. And as we as we go out into the community and we share that consistent message, that community grows because of referral sources. And so that is so important. Absolutely. So um, moving on just a little bit, Lydia, when you talk about, you know, you build brands for businesses and you do that through graphic design, website design, and merging the two together so that that brand presence is there on a website, on the website for each client yes. that you work with. You, you've said that you, you help clients stand out from their competitors. You build credibility, help them build credibility with their clients or their audience, and then you help them increase their bottom line. So using those five C's that you just said, you're incorporating those into this brand building. And I want to hear your perspective and how you how you do this and how individuals can then look at their business to think of making it stand out or build credibility. Right. So what I do primarily and, and, and what you just said is I help, um, I'm going to use a little bit of my, my branding here. I help small to medium sized businesses build their brand and keep it consistent throughout all their print and digital media. And that's, that's including, you know, anything from their logo to marketing collateral, sales pieces, any promotional pieces, and all of their digital media, whether it's a PDF that, you know, for the, as, that you're using as a lead magnet or, you know, to your, all the way to your website. And that's, um, the, that's the key uh, to building credibility, right, is that you, if you have an attractive and memorable brand being from logo and all of your, your marketing collateral to your website. If you have an attractive, memorable brand that's consistent, it is going to make you stand out from your competition because most people, uh, most businesses are not, don't have it all together. <laughs> you know, you do, you, it may seem that most businesses do because you remember the ones that do have mm-hmm. it together, that have their brand consistent and have just that, you know, you see them and you know who they are, right? And then it's not just about the logo. It's, it could be a commercial, it's a marketing piece, a direct mail piece. You see it, you immediately recognize them and know who they are, whether it's on social media or, or what have you. Um, so that is key to standing out from your competition because honestly, most businesses do not have it all together. And, um, what you're saying, I, what you're saying, if I can interrupt you for just a second is very important because I think we tend to look at like social media and we're, people are thinking, Oh, I'm never going to find clients. These people all have everything together, but the reality is you're not looking at your ideal audience when that is happening. And, and maybe, you know, if you have a service or you're providing something, you're solving a problem for a group of people, your ideal audience, your ideal clients, who are they and what do you do for them? But don't just, don't look at them and think that everything's perfect and they have it all together just because they're, you know, posting that they are really dive deep into all of their platforms and see 
what, what they're doing, you know, you'll right. get a feel for the behind the scenes. You'll get a feel for, you know, are they consistent? Are they cohesive? And you can, you'll identify their pain point. You'll identify how you can help them. So I think that's an important message. Don't be fooled into thinking that everybody right. has a great, a great brand or everybody has their act together complete in all of their business. Because if you have an ability to solve a problem for someone, they're there. Like those problems exist and you just need to really hone in on the, that right. audience and, and find them. Right, right. And, and another thing that I want to stress, it's, it's quality over quantity, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you have to pick between one of those, pick quality. You keeping, you know, quality messaging is, is key to reaching your, your target audience. So yes, and, and, and that's what I, that's how I help businesses in general, even, even um, mid-sized businesses that have, you know, larger budgets for marketing, you may think like, oh, they all have it all together and they don't. And that's where I come in and I help my clients. I come in and help them clean up that brand and make everything consistent across the board. It makes a huge difference. Again, as I mentioned, standing out from your competition, that's where you're gonna build credibility with your core client base because you come through as being consistent every time they see your brand or something that you're putting out there if it has the consistency you build trust with your your client base obviously yes. if you're being ethical right if you're being unethical you're not going to build trust with anybody but you know that's what most businesses goals are ethical um so you know you're gonna you're gonna build that that trust and in building that trust you're building your following you're gonna build a, a loyal client base and that is gonna increase your bottom line absolutely and because of referral source too you absolutely right so what what is like the first thing you recommend when you're working with clients and it's time to create a brand mm -hmm. what are the first few steps that you look at with your client to make to, to get that process started. Like say someone can't hire, can't afford to hire because they, you know, they lost their job and now they're going to start something new and they're overwhelmed. They're not sure about finances. What would you recommend for the starting point okay. for them? For the, for the starting point, if you already have some sort of marketing out there, you're, you're already in business and you already have some marketing pieces, you already have a logo, you already have some things in place. Um, my suggestion would be just put everything out in front of you and, and look at it all. Is it consistent? Is it not? Do you have a color palette that's consistent? Um, you know, maybe two to three tops, four colors that you're using within your branding. And, and if you don't establish that, that's like an easy first step to do is just analyze everything that you have. If you're starting out from scratch, then do the same thing. Decide you don't have to, if you don't have money to, to have a designer design a logo, just come up with something simple and come up with a color palette for yourself that you identify with, that you think represents your brand and your business and what you do well. And just come up with those things first, right? Establish you know, a consistent logo that you're going to be using throughout all of your promotional pieces, your, um, your, um, 
social media, your website, any marketing piece that you, you put out there, even if it's a do-it-yourself, it's just a digital newsletter, make sure you're using the same logo, right? I know that some companies have different uh, logos for different things. Keep it consistent. Try to find a logo that's going to work for most of your pieces. Um, I know that that's impossible. Sometimes you have to modify your logo to work on specific pieces, but try to keep the same logo everywhere and try to use the same color palette. Is there a sizing factor to that, Lydia? Like, is there some, like, can you give recommendations like rectangular versus circular versus square? Like, is there anything that fits across all like a website and social media platforms? Yeah, so that makes it really tough, especially because social media, a lot of the, the, the profile photos, if you're using your, your company logo as, as your profile photo, most of them are either squares or circles and they're small, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have a horizontal logo, um, you know, that may work best for your website, then that creates a little bit of a challenge. But if, um, you know, you have something that if you have a logo mark, then that can be used on its own as, as your social media profile photo. And then you use your full, full logo on any um, newsletters, website headers, um, any other promotional pieces, marketing collateral. If you're gonna be doing direct mail pieces, then use your full logo on that. Are you a businesswoman or entrepreneur who is transitioning into something new, into the second phase? Are you trying to figure out how to create an audience, how to grow a presence online, but you're stuck on the tech and the how-to? You have no idea how to attract new clients into your business? Don't worry. I am gonna give you the exact blueprint on how to connect and grow your audience and attract more clients. During my brand marketing strategy sessions, we are going to go through the six pillars of success for your brand. The six pillars of success include online marketing, storytelling, relationship building and client connection, differentiation, personal branding, visual branding, and genuine networking. Sit with me for an hour and let's transform your brand strategy or do you learn better in a group environment? Join me along with five other women just like you and collaborate and mastermind together in one of my popular mini brand mastermind sessions. In two one hour sessions, we will go through each of the six pillars of brand marketing success. There will be time to focus on your business and time to learn as we focus on the other five participants' businesses. We will run a mini mastermind group the second and third Wednesday of each month. Check the website www.therobingraham.com for details. And I'll include the link in the show notes as well. As far as identifying your color palette. So I, my brain goes immediately to Pinterest as a resource right. <laughs> and, um, you know, what do you suggest people do? Like, would you suggest you go to Pinterest and create a private board and create a feel for your brand in that board? Like you just start Absolutely. choosing different logos, different colors, and, and then kind yeah. of combine all of it together. 
Yeah, yeah, I highly recommend that. I love, I am so visual. Again, I'm a creative, I'm extremely visual. And that's what I do in, in a lot of situations as well. Even when I'm putting together a logo branding for clients, that's, that's essentially where I start is with a Pinterest board. Um, I, I collect visual references and, um, and get a feel for color palettes and collect. And then you can, uh, once you have a full board with everything that appealed to you or attracted to you or seemed to convey the image that you're looking for, for that specific brand, then you go through that board and you thin it out and start, you know, really analyze that board and see which um, images and colors really resonate and then delete the ones that don't delete the outliers just start thinning that out until you can hone in on the colors that really speak to you about your brand and who you are and with that it's like shapes and you know fonts all of those things too right right i would do those separately though i would start with color and form you know first and do a separate board for typography and um and do a separate one for shapes and then once you have them more narrowed down then you can combine them all into one board and then things start to take shape okay yeah, that's a great recommendation. It's a great place to start as well. I know um, you and I have worked together previously yeah. with our branding clients and that's always where we start. And I think it's such a fun, fun place to, to start, but to observe then what people come yeah. up with and then, and then see where everything flows together, especially if there's more than one person in the company Absolutely. and where their insights kind of marry each other. It's yeah, really, yeah, it's a really fun process. And so this would apply to anyone who is starting from scratch or anyone who has an existing brand, but wants to rebrand all yeah. of these things can be applied to that initial process of creating your, your visual yeah. um, content for your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you're not going to rebrand, right. And, and you're just, you just want to clean up your brand and make things consistent. Um, it's just hone in a lot of companies already have their color palette set because they've already had a designer design them. And so, but then you have multiple people work on different projects and one, you know, somebody gravitates to, to certain color tones and somebody else gravitates to other ones, just clean it up and, and, and honestly, come up with a basic brand style guide for yourself, right? That's what I set up for my clients when um, I first design their logo or I'm going in to clean up a brand and, and, and set up all of their corporate branding. I just, I set up a style guide for that. So it could be, you can set it up in a Word doc or whatever uh, application you have that's easiest for you. It's put those colors in there, determine like these are the, two primary colors that we're using or this is the one primary color that we're using these are the secondary colors that we're using try to keep it if you're if you're doing primary colors and secondary colors for the brand try to do ma maximum of two primary colors and maximum of three secondary colors to use for that brand um, i recommend staying within four colors but no more than five and having them as long as they're kind of in the same realm or at least um, contrasting complementary colors and that way 
you have this, this guide. And if you hire somebody to help you with your social media, then you give them this guide and tell them stick with these colors, stick with these typefaces. And these are the, the two logo, the two versions of my logo. This one's smaller one to use with profile photos and smaller um, spots. And then this is the logo, my full logo that's to be used everywhere else where it fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great recommendations. So shifting a little bit then to website design and yes. I, I um, speaking from experience, I tried to do this myself in the beginning and it didn't really get me anywhere. And so right. now I'm, I'm a big supporter of having a website done professionally. I think that if you're starting a business, it's something that the investment is always going to provide a return for you. There's, there's right. never going to be a question of ROI when you right. have a professionally done website. Right. And part of that is the design and the nuances behind the scenes and what goes into a website. Yeah. That I'm well, sure you could speak to exactly yeah. all the technical stuff as well as the aesthetics, right? Like whether, right. you know, depending on the theme you use and does it really fit with your business and, and even trends, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so I think that it's the same thing. If you're not an accountant, are you really doing your business taxes are you hiring an accountant? It's, it's kind of like the same analogy. There's a lot of technical stuff that goes into it. Uh, accounting is a lot of numbers and knowing all of the accounting laws and things like that. But for a website, there, there's a lot of technical stuff that needs to be done on the back end. You need to um, make sure that you're using a secure platform, that your website is secure. If you're using WordPress, you, you need to make sure that you have the right hosting and, and that you have security measures in place. And then there is all the aesthetic part to it. Again, it's about keeping your brand consistent and making it look professional to build credibility. Um, you, can you build your own website nowadays? Sure. There are a lot of tools out there that make it easy for you to build your website. And every business is expected to have a website now. So having a website isn't something you know, special that automatically gives you credibility because every business is expected to have one. Um, and even if you're not drawing business in from your website, because a lot of, a lot of my clients, they don't necessarily draw business. They're not pulling in leads from their website, but you have to have that presence online, right? To be out there because if somebody's searching for you, searching for your product, they want to be able to go and research you and make sure that you're a real person, a real business, and, and that you are credible. Um, so you, you are expected to have a website. And if somebody gets to your website and it looks bad, you're not, they're not going to feel that confidence in working with you. So it is important to have a nice, and it doesn't have to have bells and whistles and things flashing everywhere. It could be something very simple and clean, but as long as it looks professional and has all the information that it needs, I think you're going to draw people in. Yeah, I agree. And I, it again, builds the trust factor. Absolutely. When, when people see that you have, you're presenting yourself in a quality way, they believe that you're going to provide a quality service for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, and that's what people want. They want that validation that, you know, they're, they're going to look for your website 
And when they go to your website, if you're not presenting yourself in a professional way, they're not going to feel confidence in hiring you. So again, it doesn't have to be fancy website with all the bells and whistles, but it has to be a professional and attractive website. So if someone was looking to hire a website designer, what are some qualities that they want to look for? And can someone do this? Can someone hire a website designer on a budget? They can, they can. And, and what you have to do is, again, website designers and, and graphic designers come in all shapes and forms and all price ranges, right? And just because someone is um, inexpensive doesn't mean that they're not gonna deliver quality work. Um, but there is, there is a quality factor that you still have to look for and you have to vet when you're looking for a designer, right? If you're price shopping and not looking at anything else, then sometimes in most cases you get what you pay for. And I hate to use the term, but it is so prevalent because so many people, because websites are so easy to design nowadays, much more than 10, 10 years ago, a lot of people who are not designers or developers are out there designing websites and they shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna be blunt about this. There are a lot of web designers that are out there doing this as a service and they should not be doing this because they're doing people a disservice because they're not doing it correctly. They're not making sure that they're building websites soundly and they're not delivering good design. Um, so that's one of the pitfalls and, and something that, to look for when you're price shopping. Yeah, I understand. We're small businesses, entrepreneurs, and we're on a budget and we do need to stay within budget. But if you do your due diligence and you vet your designers and you look at their portfolio and you ask them the right questions, then you can get quality design on a budget. You may, it may take a while, um, but I, I highly recommend looking at portfolios and asking designers how it is that they built that website, if they designed it from scratch, if they used a theme or a template, and um, just asking some basic business questions as well. And as far as what you need in a website when you're starting out, what do you recommend? Because for me, blogging was important, but for mm -hmm. some businesses, they may not be blogging. Does that make a difference in the type of website or the price of the website? Um, it may, uh, it may make a difference. It really depends on, on the person that you're hiring. Um, it may, the, the more pages and the more functionalities and the more items you add to the website, the more work it's going to be to, to put that website together. So it is going to be, um, more expensive, right? So a one page website is going to be a lot cheaper than a five page website. And, um, and a one page website, I only recommend as uh, just if you're if you just want to get something out there fast right it's not um it's not something that i recommend long term for any business because there is less seo value in a one page website than in a multi page website so there are certain aspects and and this is like 
a long conversation for maybe another maybe another uh, podcast right. interview. We can really dive down into what a, a website really really needs. But you know, if you're just starting out and you just want to have something up there to show that you're you exist and you're a legitimate business, a one page website may do the trick. You know, you have a little intro about the business, uh, a section that talks about you. Um, another section that, that breaks out the services that you offer and then a contact form at the bottom. That is, you know, in a pinch because, you know, everybody's scrambling right now, right? With COVID-19, um, many people are unemployed and they're trying to decide what it is they're going to do next. And if, and if you're deciding to start your own business and you don't have time or budget for a full-fledged website, then a one-page website would do for you now. Um, I highly recommend then having a plan that when you get more established to make that a full-fledged multi-page website with more content, more information on it. Lydia, you mentioned SEO and because I have done so much of it on my website and I have spent so much time learning it, I know how time intensive it is and I know that there's no way for us to dive deep into that on this episode. Right. Um, we've already covered so much and you've provided so much valuable information, but I would like for you to just give us a little explanation of what SEO is and why it is so important that people invest in that either time okay. or money or both. So, so the, the, the lay explanation of what SEO is, is essentially, um, making sure you have uh, keywords and, and appropriate content that explains what your business does and the services that you offer so that search, so that when somebody goes on a search engine, Google, Bing, or what have you, and they're looking for a service that your business may come up in, in the query results, right? So when, you, when you're on Google and you search for something and then you have all those results come up, um, that's the the main goal of SEO is to have um, put the work into your website, setting up keywords and, and relevant and um, uh, reputable content on your website that is going to attract uh, search and search engines to rank your website and 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 show it in search results. Um, that's. That's the essence of, of SEO, but there's so much more involved in it. It, it can be, um, there's everything from the quality of the hosting that you're using. If you have um, an SSL certificate on your website, because now it's really mandatory to have it, you won't come up if you don't have, and you'll actually get that red warning sign if your website does not have an SSL uh, certificate and SSL is secure socket layer, and that's a, a security measure for websites. Um, and then from the speed of your website, how quickly it loads, um, the quality of the hosting you use is involved in that. And then it goes all the way up to, you know, optimizing the photos on your website and adding relevant and rich content to your website. So SEO spans a broad range of, um, of functionalities and, and, and 
other details that go into your website. All of that makes up SEO. But when people generally talk about SEO and ask if you, do you do SEO? When somebody comes up to me and say, do you do SEO? They're thinking about the words part of it, mm -hmm. the content, which really is a huge part of it as well. Um, so having rich and relevant content, it goes back to when I was talking about doing the one page website is not good for SEO. Um, because you're, there's only so much content that you can put into that and search engines like to know that your site is informative and it's useful to users, right? And that you've ha you have unique content. You're not going to copy content from uh, other websites. You're not plagiarizing other people's work. Uh, search engines are extremely sophisticated and they do scan websites and, and everything on a website to make sure that that website is relevant. Uh, that every content piece of content is relevant to make sure that it's legitimate because there's a lot of scam sites out there, a lot of spammy things out on the internet. So it, it will scan your site to make sure that it's relevant and reputable and, you know, uh, an actual legitimate business. Um, so having a multi-page website with um, good content, uh, explaining what you do and just information about your industry and your business in general is, is a good start for having just a good basic website. Yeah, that's so helpful because I think you're right. People associate SEO with the keywords, key phrases when there's so much more. And of course, I, I've learned so much. So as you were talking, I'm thinking of all the things that I do on the back end of my website now to ensure that I have that green light for SEO. And it it's even the readability that's important. It is. And how you how you set up your your content with headings and subheadings and you know, the, the complexity of the copy that you're including. So it's definitely something that if someone is starting out and thinking about doing a website, um, they want to make sure that they have a reputable website designer, or if they are going to venture out and try to DIY, then they need to really research how they can create their content and their copy and their images on their website to ensure that it's going to be recognizable by search engines. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the content nowadays, you know, um, it doesn't need to be complex or involved and actually to the contrary, the, as you mentioned, the readability, the easier it is to read. Um, and the more people and, and the more enjoyable it is to read, right? Mm -hmm. The more people are going to want to read your content, especially if you're blogging, right? If you're yeah. blogging on a regular basis, you want it to be an enjoyable um, experience for your readers. You don't want to get overcomplicated. You can write very long blog posts and still be engaging, right? As long as it's not using complicated jargon, Again, it depends on your your target audience. If you're writing to science, if you're scientists writing to scientists, then you're probably going to use jargon. If you're a business talking to everyday people, then you need to, to simplify the jargon. Or if you have to use jargon, make sure you explain what that jargon is in colloquial terms so that people understand you. It makes the, the your post more 
um, readable and enjoyable. And the longer people stay on your website reading your content, and if they like your content and they move on to the next blog post, the longer they stay on your website, that also counts towards your SEO ranking because it's, it's reader retention is also part of that. If somebody comes to your website and they're gone in five seconds, that's called a bounce and that counts against your your ranking so again it goes back to why having a multi-page website that's rich with relevant content and, and and good informative content is important because that reader retention is also important for seo yeah oh lydia this has been so valuable there's so much information here from branding all the way through SEO. So I thank you so much for, for being a guest today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Robin. This was great. And how can the listeners find you if they want to learn more about you or maybe even hire you for their website design or their graphic design? Yes, they can um, either email me at Lydia at expressodesign.com and that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O design.com or they can go to my website expressodesign.com and send me a message via the contact form. I also have a link on my website to schedule an appointment with me so they can go to my appointment cal calendar and set up an appointment for a consultation call or just find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as expressodesign. And um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Awesome. Lydia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Robin. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, the brand marketing insider. Please spread the word about the second phase podcast until next time. Remember to smile.